There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John Peacock, and today is Wellbeing Wednesday. That's right, folks. Wellbeing Wednesday. We are into a new month. It is the month of uh, September, starting my favorite three months of the year. And joining me each week for season two on Wellbeing Wednesday is none other than the one and only Mr. Brian Silver. How are we doing, Brian? Doing, doing well. It's another beautiful day. I love the sunshine. Oh, it lights up my life, man. The fall. I actually had coffee a couple days ago in my sweatpants outside in the morning. It was a glorious, glorious morning. Yeah. And um, so a bunch of our friends are watching this and interacting with this content at wearemission.online. It's a new platform we are experimenting with, dialing it in. Uh, so uh, we're just having a lot of fun, talking back and forth. Love seeing the comments, love seeing the interaction. Um, so that's at wearemission.online. Uh, also, a lot of folks are experiencing uh, the show at YouTube. Uh, so over on YouTube, uh, when this is done, the link is there for you. You can share it with friends. We, we would continue to say sharing is caring. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, hello to our YouTubers. And some of you are watching this on Instagram. And uh, if that's you on Instagram, if you would, let's get the word out. You can like it. You can share it. You can tag a friend. So if you're on Instagram TV, hello to you guys. And last but not least, we got a whole bunch of people that are listening. They are they're perhaps cutting the grass. They're uh, out for a walk. They're working out at the gym. They are on the podcast. And so to our podcasters, uh, it is great to be with you guys. So no matter how you're engaging with the content, I'm just glad that you are. Uh, because if you've noticed this moment in our life, this cultural moment, uh, it's a doozy. It's tough. And the struggle is real. The struggle is real. And so what we're doing right now every Wednesday is we're going to equip you. And we're doing that by me inviting Brian Silver onto the show. He's a Christian therapist. And we are talking about your well-being, specifically offering up six strategies on how to navigate the struggle. Like what can we do to find our way forward in the midst of the struggle? So last, uh, last Wednesday was the first of the six strategies. We talked about radical acceptance, radical acceptance, and today is the second one, and I'm pretty excited about uh, hearing from you, Brian. We're going to talk about removing some roadblocks and ruts, right? Is yes. that right? Yep, you got yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I had a chance to catch your sermon on Sunday, which was good, by the way. Nice work. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And it fits really well with where we're going today. Uh, you spoke a lot about perseverance. Yeah. and two of the biggest roadblocks to perseverance in a season like this, but in general, are guilt and motivation. Hmm. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about both of them, but I, I think it's important to start with guilt because, well, guilt can be good, guilt can be problematic, but the, the roadblock side of guilt can actually get in the way of even beginning to look at motivation. Hmm. So if we're okay with that, let's start there. Yeah, that's all it. right. Let's do all it. All right, cool. So many of us are feeling a lot of guilt right now. Hmm. Um, what we think we should have done before quarantine, hmm. what we think we should be doing now, um, the way we feel like we could be doing more, 
the situations we can't fix, a lot of things that kind of stir up in us, you know, and, and this is true, not just during quarantine, you know, are we spending enough time with our kids? Um, How are we doing um, with the way that we're spending our money? Whatever. There's lots and lots of things that we, we can develop guilt about, and it can really get us stuck. It can be a motivation killer. Um, Guilt is largely misunderstood and misused. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to give us a framework for this. Yeah. There's two different kinds of guilt that we can experience. Uh, the first form is instructive guilt, and the second form is unnecessary guilt. Okay, so let's look at the um, the instructive guilt first. All right, we we do something wrong. We make a mistake. We there's a misstep. That kind of thing. Uh, that guilt is instructive. That's helpful. It's it's actually a gift. Hmm. That guilt is is a signal. It gets our attention and says, hmm. "Hey, you're you're going in the wrong direction." Yeah. Okay. So we tend to think of guilt as a bad thing. Guilt is actually good when it's used right. It's a signal. Interesting. Okay. okay? Shift. Hmm. So uh, the way that I I often think about this is it's it's the idea of Penance versus repentance. Hmm. All right. So when when we have done something that we shouldn't do, or we need to we need to make a correction, we have two choices. We we can either go into penance uh, mode, which basically means, okay, oh man, I really messed up. I need to feel bad about this for hmm. at least another hour and a half. <laughs> then I can move on. It's completely arbitrary. Right, right. Right? But we do this all the time. This is more how we use guilt than any other way. For sure. Right? So we have this idea of self-punishment. Repentance says, I did something wrong. I'm headed in the wrong direction, and I need to do an about face. Okay, I'm going to use my energy to turn. That's what repent means. It's just to turn ourselves, right? So instead of facing toward what I'm doing wrong, I'm going to turn and, and do a different thing. All right. And so guilt is a signal to repent, not to beat ourselves up. Hmm. I remember uh, when I was uh, much younger, I was, uh, I was at Guitar Center in Arlington Heights. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I spent a lot of money there back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all we all went there and jammed. Um, so I'm, I'm leaving Guitar Center and I, I pull out and I pull onto what I think is the on-ramp of the expressway, but it was actually the off-ramp. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you're talking. I know exactly okay. the, the Yeah, yeah, I thought about. you might. Yep. So so I turn on and I realize that I'm going the wrong way because there's big signs that say wrong way in yes. red. Yes. Right? So I park the car and I get out. And I, I dig out the wrong way sign and I throw it in the backseat of my car and I, I turn around and I drive on. No, I didn't do that. No, no. I didn't do that because <laughs> the sign had served its purpose once I turned around. Mm. It was appropriate for it to fade into the background. Mm. If I dug it up and threw it in my car so that I could remind myself of what a bonehead I had been all day, it would not serve any further purpose because I already turned around. Mm. Okay. Um, you talked about a theology of pain. Yeah. On Sunday. Yep. Right. Perseverance through pain 
is necessary and purposeful. Self-punishment mm-hmm. is bad theology. Mm-hmm. That's good. Repentance and change, it's a better strategy for righting wrongs. Um, what, what happens with, um, uh, with the bad theology of, um, of beating ourselves up is that we, we sort of are spilling our fuel on the ground, the fuel that you were talking about. Yeah. So, so think about, think about who, who Jesus is. He's, he's the one who has the right to dole out punishment. And what, what we learn about Jesus in Isaiah 53 is it says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Yes. And by his wounds were healed. Hmm. So if anyone should be doing any punishing, it would be God. Yeah. And, and God chooses to die for us and give us his presence, which you defined as, his fuel, as our fuel, right? And, and we're taking that fuel when we're self-punishing and we're just spilling it on the ground. Wow. Bad theology. So and, leaves, if, and, leaves, and leaves us totally stuck. Yes. Yeah. So hmm. if we are feeling guilty, like, oh man, I should be using this time better. Okay. If that's an important signal, then do an about face. Focus your energy on that. We only have so much energy in the day. We can't give all of our energy to beating ourselves up and still have energy to change. So we focus the energy on the change. And that's good theology. That's repentance. Yes. yes. Okay. The other kind of guilt is unnecessary guilt. These are things that we feel guilty about that are either out of our control or that have nothing to do with our character. Mm. So um, I, I feel bad about the things that I can't fix right now. And so I'm feeling guilty, like I should be doing more. Well, sometimes we can't. That's, that's part of the radical acceptance that we talked about last week. Mm. Um, sometimes there's things that we learn growing up. Um, well, hey, I, I just got my first apartment and I, I bought my own couch and I'm gonna put my feet up on the couch. I'm really excited about this, except, oh, I feel really guilty because my parents never let me put my feet on the couch. It's completely unnecessary guilt. It has nothing yes. to, do, to do with character. It's just something that got ingrained in us that said, we should feel guilty about this. And in fact, when we encounter unnecessary guilt, the best thing that we can do is push against it. It's hmm. actually challenge it. So I should stomp all over my couch. Or I should not feel guilty about spending time with my kids because I can't do something else that I, is out of my control mm-hmm. during quarantine that I think I should have to fix. Yes. So, so these, these components of guilt, if we write them, can actually become allies instead of roadblocks. If we're, if we're responding to important guilt, we're moving forward. If we're learning to push against unnecessary guilt, we're removing that as a roadblock to moving forward. So that's, that's probably the, the crux of the guilt piece. If we, if we have that out of the way, then we can start talking about motivation. But um, John, any thoughts? Because I man, a lot out there. It's so good because the amount of, so I see it everywhere. But I, I see an extra amount of guilt among uh, moms, younger moms. And maybe it's just because the guys haven't shared as much. <laughs> but, 
but I just, the, the more, you know, friends of mine, they're, they're just beating themselves up. I mean, I just, I keep here, I keep hearing what they're saying. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, I haven't had the language, um, that you're sharing with us say, this is so helpful. You know, I was just like in my heart, just like, Oh my gosh, there's just like unnecessarily like this amount of guilt. It's like, Hey, there's, there's a sense of maturity that will lead you to become responsible for things. And it's like the enemy knows that. And then like amps that to a whole nother level where you become over responsible for so many things that the Lord is not even asking you to be responsible for. And it's just like the guilt, the guilt. I think, you know, a lot of folks that are listening to this, watching this, they live in perhaps different places in, in America. My friend Bobby Bo watches this and he's in Thailand. So people live all over the place, but certainly in Chicago, like the air is guilt. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so much guilt, every direction you look, which is why it's so important, man, you're talking to us about this. This is huge. Uh, yeah, well, and as you said, people, moms especially, um, but a lot of people in this time are feeling this extreme burden of trying to scramble to perfectly execute yeah. everything that is not perfectly executable. Wow. It's wow. Just, not, just not possible. And maybe it comes from this, you know, as I'm like thinking about it, it comes from this beautiful place of love and concern and desire to, and then it's like, man, left unchecked, you know, it's just like, man, that spirals into something that man really, really becomes a roadblock. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. There's, there's a passage, uh, in the scriptures that says, you'll, you'll know this one, John, um, you know, be, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Matthew. Uh, or, um, or be made complete. I, I forget exactly, uh, the, the phrase, but, um, there's a, the, in this passage, what's really being said, if you break it down in the original language is it's really saying, so here's Jesus walk to where Jesus is standing. Mm. It's not saying be perfect as in like get everything right. It's, it's just the continuation, the, the, the motivation through repentance, this idea of turning and walking toward Jesus. So, so if you are a mom who is overwhelmed and feeling, you know, underwater trying to, you know, navigate all the different things that it's just impossible to get perfect uh, in a season like this, it's not, it's not about perfection. And even when, even when we hear Jesus call us to perfection in the scriptures, it's not perfection the way that we think about it. It's just keep walking toward me. Like so I'm standing good. over here. Just keep, keep walking in my direction. That's so good, man. So, so it's, not about, it's not about perfection. In fact, in psychology, we'll, we'll use a term that sounds, sounds kind of you know, lame on the surface, but we'll use a term good enough. We'll say... We'll say, you know, let's aim for good enough. Now, good enough doesn't mean lazy. It doesn't mean, eh, who cares? It's, it's more good enough as in like, you know, John, um, because of the blood of Christ, you're good enough. You don't have to prove, you don't have to justify. Keep, just keep doing what you can to move toward Jesus, move toward Jesus. And, and Jesus makes up the difference on that. You're good enough. And so... Uh, it's it's not a, an idea that we are laying down and just saying, ah, forget it, we don't care. But if we're 
in over our heads on stuff and we're giving the best that we can, God will make up the difference. Yeah. And you know, I, I've been encouraging folks to consider a social media fast, uh, right now. And, and I, there's a lot of reasons I, I, I've been suggesting that. I think the main reason is because I've seen how much more peace that's given me in my life. And I, I think one of the things that it's so subtle that trips me up around guilt, not the instructive kind, but the, the kind that's really unhelpful is, is comparison. Yeah. It's comparison, you know? So, um, you know, I'll feel just really grateful about something that God is up to in my life or in, in this ministry at mission church. And then, you know, I would have gotten on Twitter and seen that this other church experienced fill in the blank. And then I'm like, you know, and then I feel this kind of guilt, like I'm doing something wrong. I'm not doing enough of something. Anyway, I just think for us to really be careful, not sure what you would say about this. I know we got more, more content to talk about, but just the danger of comparison. And in, in in, I'm not like anti-social media, but I'm, I'm, I'm growing in that direction because it's like, man, it is like a, a hotbed for, for comparison. And so we compare our normal challenging struggle filled day with someone else's highlight reel. And it just a lot of times kicks up so much guilt. That's, that's truly unhelpful. Right. Right. And, and there can be times when comparison can be a useful tool in very small strategic doses, but not in the social media, um, you know, Facebook snapshot. <laughs> wow. Look what's going on in their lives. My life sucks in comparison. <laughs> it's actually quite the opposite. It, it's more like what, um, uh, you know, my, my Jewish relatives would have been like a couple generations ago. You know, how's, how's the day going? Well, you know, everything's been pretty terrible. It's been awful, but it could be voice. You know, it's this idea of compared to what it could be, yeah. it's actually not that bad. And that can be a helpful strategy sometimes. Mm. Um, but the, the idea of comparison, comparison regards, regarding um, what's better about someone else's life is absolutely destructive in mm. every category. Mm. So uh, total agreement. Mm. Yep. You know, so we're talking about strategies for the struggle that so many of uh, so many are facing right now. So you guys are uh, commenting, you're checking this out on, um, on YouTube or Instagram, uh, also on the podcast with Brian Silver. And so, hey, we're talking about around these roadblocks and specifically around guilt, a couple different types of guilt. What else you got for today? Yeah, so if, if we can put guilt in its rightful place, hmm. that can be a help uh, for our motivation. And we needed to address that first because if guilt is not in its right place, man, to motivate ourselves to move forward, if we're thinking that we're not worth moving forward because mm. we're having to beat ourselves up, it's a stuck point. Now that we've got, got that, at least a frame around that, let's talk about motivation. Yeah. So motivation, most people tend to think uh, is defined by some form of emotional drive. Mm. And Emotion is very inconsistent. Emotion is fickle. Mm. Uh, it's not very dependable. So uh, if we rely on emotion to do anything, to get up at a consistent time in the morning, to work out, to complete a project, 
some days we're gonna wake up and we're gonna say, I have the drive to do it. And other days we're gonna wake up and we're gonna say, I'm not feeling it. And, and so if we rely on emotion as the driver for motivation, especially in a season where we're emotionally so drained, mm. boy, we're gonna pull the covers over our head yeah. day after day after day. Yeah. But if we think of motivation actually more rightly as motion rather mm. than emotion, mm. we can push through much more effectively, okay? So when, when we use a sentence, uh, when we say something like, I will do this, we don't think of the significance of the word will. But the word will actually is related to our will our willingness, our, <laughs> our commitment to move forward. I will do this means I will exert my will to accomplish this task. It's not, I'll see how I feel about doing this. I will do this as my will is being exerted. This is the crux of motivation. Um, if we start with motion, we can actually drag our emotions by the collar oh, with our good. actions. That's good. That's okay? good. So uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, well, I'm a lot of an introvert and I'm a bit of a homebody. And my wife is uh, very much a let's get out, let's go do, let's go have fun. And so it wouldn't be uncommon, you know, back in my day, you know, a few months ago before quarantine, when the city was open and we all went to the, you know, went and did stuff. It wouldn't be uncommon for, um, for my wife to say at, you know, five o'clock on a Friday, Hey, wouldn't it be fun if we go meet up some friends in the city? And here come the voices of my, my <laughs> kvetchy Jewish relatives. Again, kvetchy is a, is a Yiddish term just means kind of complaining or whatever. Okay. So there's this voice inside me that says, Oh, that's going to be awful. It's going to be miserable. It's all that traffic. It's who wants to do that? Where are we going to park? That's right. <laughs> you wouldn't believe us. That's going to be terrible. Okay. And so, so everything in me in that moment says, no, that's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. My action, because I love my wife and because I get this concept says, all right, let's do it. And so I get in the car and my emotions are complaining the whole time. See, the traffic is terrible. We knew this was a terrible idea on and on and on until we are 20 minutes into the restaurant hanging with our friends. And then all of a sudden my emotions are going, isn't this so much fun? Aren't you glad we came? Wow. Wow. Motions lead. Motion, motion leads. Yeah. Motion has power. to lead. Wow. If you want consistency and dependability, motion has to lead. Fascinating. And, and it's going to take your will. So if you want to get up and work out in the morning, for example, that's a decision that you have to make the night before. Yep. If you have to sleep in your workout clothes and leave yep. your shoes at the foot of your bed. I've done that. Do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you make the decision, no matter how I feel tomorrow morning, I'm, I will get up and work out. If you wait until the morning and see how you feel, it's just not going to, not going to pan out the same way. So, um, quick little tip. Cause I, I know we got to wrap up here, but yeah. Quick, quick little tip for motivation. Um, got to lean on motion. Uh, but tasks can be pretty overwhelming. 
I, I think of my, my workout tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm doing uh, about an hour of plyometrics. It's a jump training. Dude. And it's, it. it's a lot of intense stuff, jump squats and you know, things like that for an hour. And um, if, if I got up and I, I got started thinking I have an hour of jump training to do, that would be really intimidating. Right? But each, each exercise I do is only about 30 seconds. So it's 30 seconds, 30 seconds. So I don't think about the hour. When I'm in the middle of a 30 mm. second exercise, I just think, okay, I just have to do 30 seconds. And I, I do 30 seconds so many times that then I, I've done it for an hour. So when we're struggling with how overwhelmed we are with either how big a task is or how long a task will take, one of the best mm. things that we can do is chunk it out. That's good. So break it down into a smaller chunk, just 30 seconds. Yes. Um, break it down into a shorter time. I have, I have six hours of work to do today. I, I just want to pull the covers over my head. Okay, well, you know what? Instead, set a timer for 15 minutes. Yes. Do as much as you can in 15 minutes. What's amazing is law of inertia, object in motion stays in motion. At the end of the 15 minutes, you might turn the timer off and go, you know, um, I still don't love this task, but I've got some momentum. Let's reset the timer maybe for another 15 or 20 minutes. Then you might reset the timer five, six times and get more done mm. in a shorter period of time because you're so focused because you always only feel like you just have a little bit to do. Mm. That's so good, man. For me, it's the, the blank page. So I, at some point I became a writer you know, so I'd, it, uh, it dawned on me like, oh my gosh, like I, I write tons all the time. And every seventh day, uh, I got to turn that into something that's theological and applicable and somewhat humorous. And so I'm just writing all the time. And for me, uh, the hardest part truly is at the very beginning of the week when I open my laptop and there's nothing on the page. And it's yeah. overwhelming. And right now, you know, I have to have the sermon. I preach it now actually Thursday morning for all of our watch parties uh, so, that, so that it can be actually produced by Friday. And then obviously I'm, I'm here now on Sundays preaching it live a couple of times. But man, overcoming that, that blank page, uh, it's, it's, it's super hard. And what I'm learning is the most important thing is for me to just start. You know, yeah. it, it's the adage, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And it's, it's the same thing for those that are feeling totally stuck in the struggle. Like you're saying, man, uh, you know, motion leads, emotions follow and chunk it out, start somewhere. And I feel it every single week from a writing standpoint, it's just hard, man. I, I wish the, the page wasn't blank, but it's always blank at the beginning of the week. But we just, I just got to get a paragraph. If I can get a paragraph. If I can get a sentence. Yeah. All right. We got some motion, baby. We are heading in, we're heading in a good direction. Yeah. And, and the key to perseverance, you, you persevere through that writing, um, because, because you take it one step at a time. That's it. I get That's through it. my workout. I persevere through the workout because I take it one step at a time, hmm. 30 seconds at a time. Hmm. And so again, in a season like the one that we're living in, we, we've got to have some kind of frame strategy yes. for how we move our will yes consistently and 
if, if you need to chunk it, chunk it, but, but keep yourself moving because that's how you're going to get your emotions to follow you. So good, Brian Silver. Dude, so good. So helpful. Hey, sharing is caring right now. We will throw the link in the comments. If you're watching this at wearemission.online, there is the YouTube link. I can pretty much guarantee you, you know of one friend that is in the middle of struggle. Man, they feel stuck and there's something perhaps around guilt. Uh, man, why don't you share it with them? You can text them the link. If you're watching this on YouTube, very easy. Just hit that share button. If you haven't already, you can subscribe so you don't miss any of these. If you're on Instagram TV, again, you can uh, send this to a friend. Very easy to share. If you're on the podcast, again, easy to share. Sharing is caring. For the show notes, head over to johnpeacock.com. The show notes will be there for you. That is it for episode five. We'll see you guys on Friday. For Friday, Friday. Thanks so much, Brian. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.